When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Fenway Rundown, Mass Lives Red Sox podcast. I'm Chris Cotillo, and I'm ready to talk about the Red Sox 2022 season in the past tense, because for all intents and purposes, it is over. Today, I'm going to be joined by Chris Smith. He is my co-beat writer at Mass Live, a very familiar face and voice on this show. And we're going to talk grades. There are a bunch of guys who have had disappointing seasons for the Red Sox, a few who have had good ones. We're going to get into every position player today. We'll talk about pitchers on next week's show. We're going to talk about J.D. Martinez, his disappointing year, Rafael Devers, his good year, some guys who probably don't have a future in the organization, some other guys who have kind of established themselves this season. We're going to go you know, down the whole roster, at least on the position side right now, give you all the grades uh, for the 2022 season. Time to check in with Chris Smith, my partner at Mass Live, and I think it's safe to say the Red Sox are safely in playing out the string mode. Time to start thinking of 2022 in the past, thinking of 2023 in the future. And so what we're going to do this week is uh, a little bit different, not kind of our free-flowing discussion that we usually do, but instead we're going to give grades. I know that there are a few weeks of games left. I know that the seasons, the stories of the season have not completely been told yet, but I think it's time for us to kind of look at the Red Sox roster and, and assess some grades to some key pieces. Uh, some guys who uh, we think have done well, some guys we think have not done well. Obviously I think there's going to be more bad grades than good grades uh, with the way the season's gone for this team, but um, we'll go down the roster. So, Going to be a little rapid fire, a little bit of putting Chris Smith on the spot. Smitty, are you ready? I am ready. And let's just let the audience know that you gave me a minute warning for these grades. That's a great point. Yeah. Pre-roll, I said, you know what? Let's do this. I think this is going to be a fun thing to do. Um, And so we're going to roll with it. So let's start in the infield. I think that that is a a lot of uh, the way, the core of this team. Um, You know, their two best players are in the infield, another really highly paid guy in Trevor Story. So let's go around and and kind of from left to right, you're starting infield. Rafael Devers, I think, is a good place to start. You look at it, uh, you know, he's had kind of slumps here and there, but at this point is one of the preeminent superstars in baseball. And I think that that's pretty much indisputable for me. You know, pretty easy to see that Rafael Devers gets probably an A A minus for the season. Um, I think with improved defense, probably bump them up to an A. Uh, anything else in that, anything other than that range, I think would be a mistake on your part. Yeah, I mean, I was actually, before you said A minus, I was thinking B plus, so that must be a mistake. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I was looking at it the other day when he hit that grand slam before that he was hitting 
coming into that game in 34 games during the second half, he was hitting 180 something. I think a lot of that has to do with playing banged up. Uh, yep. You know, he plays banged up like uh, like Bogarts, but you know, I mean, you do have to take into account that the numbers weren't good in the second half. Um, but overall, I mean, a good season for I'm looking at a 4.8 more second on the team to Bogarts. So yeah, B A minus B plus. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, and obviously, the biggest contractual question facing the Red Sox, I think, on a long list of them will be Rafael Devers this winter. Moving to the guy next to him, uh, Xander Bogarts, he has said a billion times, I don't have my A swing. I am grinding. I am not uh, not in a good place. And yet here he is chasing down a batting title, hitting 319 and 860 OPS, which is right about where he was last year. The defense uh, from the eye test has been better at shortstop. How would you rank Xander? Yeah, I give him an A. I mean, you know, I, obviously the power isn't there this year, but that might have been because he was he played banged up at times. Um, now that he looks a little healthier, uh, you know, he has hit some home runs recently. I think I'm looking at it since July 23rd. He's had four home runs. And, or no, actually, he said, yeah, four. Uh, no, one, two, uh, whatever, four home runs. But anyway, um, <laughs> not to get... <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, you know, I look at it and like, it's unbelievable the war that he's produced, uh, you know, a six war. I think it, I saw Mike Monaco today tweeted that it was uh, third in the N at the AL behind only judge and somebody else. Oh, Otani. Yep. And so, you know, I mean, it's a good season. I'm sure that the reason that he's not happy with certain parks is the, basically the power, but you know, it's been a good season for him. So I'd give him an A. It has. And, you know, obviously he sets himself a, a very high standard. I, I also would give him an A. Um, I think the defense is a big part of it. You know, I think there was a little fire lit under him by all the criticism. I think for the first time ever, he let the outside noise get in. I think he thought, you know, the Red Sox were already looking to move on from him when they were, you know, talking to other shortstops, eventually signing story. He dug his heels in, said, I'm not moving up off shortstop. And he's produced another really good season. You know, the power numbers a little bit down. Everything else has been right there. Uh, speaking of story, we'll go there next. The second baseman, I think, uh, you know, as, as hopefully many of you have read, I sat down with story and talked to him about his season. He said it was eventful, inconsistent, not up to his standard. Um, obviously, you know, there have been really – really uh bright spots for him there have been hot streaks there have been prolonged slumps uh, there's obviously a battle with the hand injury the wrist injury which you know is a freak thing it's not like he was an injury prone type guy uh it was a freak thing where he you know just got hit in the hand on a weird swing i think the the there was a some confusion about the diagnosis at first so don't really hold that against him for trevor's story i'd say year one is a b uh, i think that might be a little overweight compared to what some other people would say i just think you know, what he gives you defensively is so valuable and what he's given you offensively has been, you know, pretty good. Um, you know, obviously there have been big slumps. The strikeout numbers were there early. Um, but with all that he's had to go through the adjustments, uh, I give him a B. I think the expectations really rise up for him next year though. Yeah. I mean, you know, as he has, which isn't very tough, you know, on this team, he has the third best war and he's missed a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, you know, war can fluctuate if you play bad during those games, <laughs> you know, it's not like just because he, he missed, you know, so anyway, yeah, I mean, like, I, I look at his season as, you know, Alex Cora mentioned during it, one of the best defensive or the best defensive second baseman in baseball, he reminded me a lot of Pedroia, uh, the quickness 
you know, the speed to balls, um, you know, just getting to things and, and throwing them fast to first base, uh, you know, th making, you know, quick throws to first base and everything. And so actually is the closest thing they obviously had to Pedroia at second base since Pedroia left. And I would hope that he stays there and that they either re-sign Bogarts or, you know, or they, um, you know, sign the shortstop because I think he belongs at second base. Um, <clears throat> in terms of offense, I mean, there was a lot of strikeouts, but, you know, during the second, during the first half too, I mean, he did produce a lot of run production. I mean, you know, the yep. home runs, the, you know, the RBIs, the home runs were all like two, two, two run homer, three run homer, grand mm -hmm. slam. Like nothing was like a solo shot either, you know, and that's huge, especially for this team that didn't hit many home runs, you right. know, he can. So, um, what did I say? B minus. Yeah. I mean, you know, like he's a guy that, you know, in the future, you'd, you'd think the war would be in the threes and, you know, he played in the 2.5 war this year and uh, he can, he can have a better year next year. And, and Moving also, on to obviously the, the start to the season, he kind of probably screwed things up with him too, you know? Right. I mean, he, he was in camp for two days, went home for the birth of his son, played in five spring training games, got sick at the beginning and there's a lot going on. And, you know, he's not a guy to make excuses, but I've always said I'll, I'll make those excuses for him with the weird start he had. He had to change leagues. He became a father for the first time, change cities, uh, change positions. I mean, there was a lot going on there. And, you know, as we learned this year, guys are human. He gets somewhat of a pass for me there. Um, but like I said, the ex there's no excuses next year. The expectations are, are going to be a lot higher. First base is an interesting position because we've seen this revolving door. I think it's fair to say, you know, Travis Shaw at the beginning of the year was an F. We don't really need to get into that. Tristan Casas, he's played in seven games. Uh, he only has two hits, which, you know, let the kid breathe. I think the at-bats have been pretty good. The approach has been pretty good. The defense has been good. Too early to rank him, um, so we won't even get into that. But we'll talk about three guys who have kind of played the bulk of the season for the Red Sox at first. We'll start with Bobby Dahlbeck. Hit 211 with a 644 OPS, 11 homers in 111 games and get sent down to Worcester to make room for Casas. I mean, anything other than, to me, a D, a D minus for Dahlbeck, and what I said heading into the year was a make-or-break year, I think, is too generous. I mean, it just seems like he had a shot, and that shot has gone away. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to be aggressive here, but I would say F, just because, yeah. you know, I mean, they were counting on him to have – you know, pretty much the same kind of year they had that he had last year. And, you know, and with JD Martinez leaving at the end of this year, likely as a free agent, um, you know, you can maybe put him in the, you know, like rotate some people in the DH spot, including him, even though you've got, you know, Casas up and everything, you know, he would still get, play, you know, he'd still play a lot, but, you know, it just, it just didn't happen for him this year. Defensively, the improvements weren't made. And it's funny because he's like, he was, a, you know, he's a good third baseman and everything. It's just, he just hasn't taken to the position that well. Yeah. I mean, and when he, when he was at shortstop, he looked kind of fine too. Yeah. So it's like, it's weird with him. You'd think like a guy that has that ability defensively would be able to, you know, take a hold of the position or whatever, but, uh, and then just offense, just, you know, if you're, if you're like, Let's let's look at like a Jackie Bradley type season at the beginning of his career. It's like, or not at the beginning, but you know, 2015, 2016. It, you know, if you're not hitting for a high batting average and on base percentage, the slugging has to be there. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. 
he just didn't slug. And so um, it's just kind of a confusing year for me after he had such a good second half last year. Yeah, and the Red Sox were counting on him for a lot. You know, they thought that he'd be able to start every day. I think spring training showed them that they needed to carry like someone like Travis Shaw. Ended up being a mistake. I know he was only there for a month. Um, and that brings us to our next guy who came and replaced Travis Shaw. And I think it showed the Red Sox more than he did last year, but still, you know, also one of these guys whose, you know, audition might be up. And that's Franchi Cordero. I mean, because I guess the bar was so low from last year offensively, and he did show, you know, some pop. He did have eight homers in the majors this year, 697 OPS, but the defense was brutal at first. Um, I'll go with a, a C minus for Franchi just because. There was improvement there, right? Like there were stretches where he was good. He was on the ball. He's hitting the ball hard, but still not a guy that I envision as part of the long-term future. Yeah. I mean, he'd probably be good as a fourth outfielder type guy, you know, like he gets exposed probably when he plays every day. Uh, His weaknesses get exposed when he probably plays every day. I mean, it's not his fault either that he was relied on to play first base. Um, You know, that was, uh, you know, an area where Bloom, you know, swung and missed as we would say in baseball. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I think that uh, that's a fair grade right there. And um, obviously there were stretches this year where like, you know, the power numbers and all those ones that you look at at baseball's event, the peripherals and all that, that they have, you know, up at the values in the red zone and a lot of those areas. And, you know, it looked good. Then there was a stretch right before he got demoted or a long stretch right before he got demoted that he couldn't hit anything. And he looked like the same hitter last year as last year. So I think that goes back to maybe, uh, you know, playing too much. And, you know, if he played less then he'd be a better player. You're going to give a grade or you're just going to talk? Uh, D, D plus. Okay. See, I've, I've been more generous than you, which has been surprising so far on all these, but. Um, that means either I'm too soft or you're too, you're too hard on everyone. We'll do just a couple rapid fire ones here at first. I mean, Eric Hosmer, 12 games hit 225, probably not going to play again this season and probably never in a Red Sox uniform again. I mean, that trade was kind of a no risk kind of potential high reward guy. They gave you good at bats for like three days. D I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, incomplete C minus D. I mean, yeah. it's not like he, you know, he helped them defensively there when they were already out of it at the trade deadline yeah. after the trade. Deadline. And <laughs> yeah, he, he showed glimpses of what uh, they could do, uh, def- uh, what a good defensive uh, first baseman is and what, you know, Casas could do when he came up. But yeah, I, I just, uh, he's just like, he's a guy that just grounds out a lot. Then mm-hmm. it will go from a low point to a high point. Christian Arroyo has really taken offensively in the last month or two i think he's been you know one of the red sox better offensive players somehow in the last couple of weeks with that lineup you never expect that to be the case christian arroyo is good here that's i mean like he's a former first round pick guys develop at different times he's now been on the team for three years i think he secured a spot next year i don't know if you can count on him as a starter because of the injuries but hitting 285 755 ops gives you good defense can move around I give Christian Arroyo a B for the season, you know, injuries aside, that's always going to be part of the package. I think um, hopefully he can become a little more uh, durable and consistent. I know he wants that too, but I'll give him a B. Yeah, I'd give him a, you know, I'd give him a um, B plus like, you know, like he didn't start out well um, offensively and the defense was incredibly shaky in right field Um you know, but he's a good defender in the infield. He is a good, like, you know, bat to ball type guy. He makes contact. And like, you know, 
it's a, like you see so many players that strike out at such a high rate now and, you know, can't hit in certain zones and stuff. And, you know, he's, he's a hitter, he's a hitter. Mm-hmm. And so like, he's part of their future. And, um, it, you know, you look at some of the moves, like, you know, um, that, that Boomer's made, and that was a good one right there to pick him yep. up off waivers and, and sure. to keep him on the roster. Um, so I think he they, they DFA'd be... him too. So, you know, people forget that. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. But they kept him. Uh, whatever. He, he hadn't even played, though, for them, right? By the time right. they did. Yeah. Well, anyway, whatever. Um, so we'll not give Bloom credit on that one. And, um, <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, like I, I look at it as like a guy that down the road, he's, he's not, he, he's like a Brock Holt type that can't play the outfield well, because he's not going to be able to play every day. You can't rely on him to be like, you know, like next year, move story over to shortstop and have him be the second baseman or, you know, having him be the shortstop at story stay at second base, you're know, going in next year. Cause you can't rely on him because he gets hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. Rounding out the infield, I think we can skip over the Ulmer Sanchez experience. We can skip over Jonathan Arauz, who played in six games for the Red Sox. Jeter Downs, I think we don't really need to get into. Struck out in 21 of 41 plate appearances. Another guy doesn't look like he's part of the future. Maybe a throw-in in a trade package this year. That does round out the infield. And as we get to catcher, the the leader in games for the Red Sox is now on the Astros and Christian Vasquez. Uh, we're not going to grade a player on another team. Obviously, a solid season for him. But we will talk about the three guys who are here. Um, and we'll start first with Reese McGuire, who has hit 355 in 23 games. He is an 824 OPS. I think he's looked good defensively. And this guy has come out of really nowhere and been, you know, one of the Red Sox more consistent, you know, I know a part-time player, but more, more consistent hitters in the last, you know, month and a half. Yeah, I'd give him a B for what he's done. I mean, like, you know, the the um, talk on him was the defense coming in. That he'd be a good defender and everything. He has a really good arm. Throws to second and third base, yada, yada. And um, but like, you know, I was looking at the when I was writing a story on him last week or whatever, I was looking at the the notes and like minimum 100 plate appearances since June. He's got the best average of any catcher. So he's obviously yeah. figured out. And I asked him what he figured out offensively. And he didn't really give me the answer, but he's figured out something offensively. And, uh, you know, and so it, that's another guy that what is a former first rounder, right? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, you know, I look at it as like he could go, they could go into next year with him as one of the two catchers and they'd be good to go. Yeah, and another guy, I, I'd give him probably, you know, a B as well, just because, you know, we're not asking for a lot. He said, come show us what you can do under control for a while. Looks like it actually might work out. The guy that he might be in tandem with next year, a lot of ways the Red Sox can go with their catching situation. Uh, Christian Vasquez could come back. I guess Kevin Pilecki, who we'll get to, could come back. But there's also now a chance of Reese McGuire and Connor Wong in a platoon there or a, a one-two type situation. Connor Wong has come up. He's looked, you know, uh, obviously there's been some power. Um, in the minors in the last few weeks, he's come up, gotten a chance to play here, um, and it gives you a tiny bit of versatility. I know it's a small sample size. Connor Wong, B minus maybe. If you kind of put the year in general, uh, in what he's done in AAA and, and kind of transformed himself as a hitter, probably a B minus B. How would you rank him? Yeah, I'd say B if you put everything together. I mean, like one of the things that he said the other day when I asked him, like, uh, you know, is this the best you've, I think I put it as like, is this the the best you've ever felt at the plate or whatever, or the mm-hmm. best you've ever been? And, you know, he, 
obviously power wise and everything, what he did and in Worcester was really good, but he pointed out that the strikeout rate had gone down quite a bit and he was right. Sometimes players say things and uh, you go back and you look at it and it's not as correct as, as but this one right. was, I mean, he's struck out like 20% of the time, I think, whereas, you know, uh, you know, last year in, in 2019, it was up in like 33% or something. So if he's a guy that can make contact like that in important situations, I remember at the beginning of the year, uh, he came up for like one or two games uh, when they needed it. And, you know, he had a big, uh, a guy second base, a guy at third base with one out. And, you know, he made contact in that situation. He had a sacrifice fly to right field. And that's something that, you know, I talked to him about earlier in the year. And so, you know, he's a, he's a guy that um, I, I would, you know, I, defensively, I think he's looked pretty good. And, uh, you know, I think that he's an interesting guy going forward. He doesn't really look like, you know, the, not that I'm saying he's in bad shape or anything. He just looks like a regular guy, right? He doesn't look like somebody though that could hit like as many home runs as he can either. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely something there with him and, yeah, he looks pretty good. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, with all the other needs that they have, if they, you know, focused on, I mean, they'll probably look at catcher position, but if they can't get what they want, then they'll probably go with Long and McGuire next year. And those guys would be replacing Kevin Ploiecki. He's hit 219 with a 581 OPS. He did not hit early in the year when he was getting more consistent at bats. He actually, you know, has had a stretch where he's hit a little bit. The guy 31, another former, you know, top pick, a pretty uh, popular guy uh, with the pitching staff and a guy who seems to be a pretty good clubhouse presence. His legacy here probably will be the laundry cart and the uh, dancing on my own song. Uh, his legacy in 2022, in my mind, you know, a C as a grade. It, it, the numbers are down offensively. I think he's done a fine job, you know, calling games. Obviously, the throwing is an issue. He's, he's a backup catcher who is going to post and go out there every day. Um, so I'll give him a C, you know, it's not, 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 uh, the worst, not the best, right, right in the middle. Yeah. I mean, you know, he is what he is, right. And it's not like you were expecting. I mean, he did have some good, he was pretty good offensively in 2020. It was. I was referring to him as Babe Ruth at times that year. That's true. Because there was nothing else to do during that season besides mm -hmm. refer to him as Babe Ruth, but, mm -hmm. uh, and then he had some good stretches in 2021, but he is kind of what he is offensively. Um, and defensively, that's, that's the thing. Like he calls a good game and, um, you know, he works well with pitching staff that Red Sox stats on Twitter posted some like, you know, uh, miles per hour, he throws down a second base. It's like 76 miles per hour. Whereas like Connor Long was 84 or 85 or something. I don't know, some stat, go look it up on Twitter people. But anyway, um, like I look every at time you come on, it's just a Red Sox stats advertisement. Well, I, I, he posts a lot of interesting things. Yeah. I actually uh, tweet him a lot in my, or put a lot of his tweets in my stories because he thought of it before me. So I have to credit him. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I look, you know, I'd say like the uh, C minus. That's fair. We get to from catchers to the outfield. Uh, there's some guys we're not going to talk about. Jackie Bradley's no longer on the team. Jalen Davis is no longer on the team, but uh, and Abraham Amante's played two games, so jury's out on him. But we will start with Alex Verdugo. He's had a very interesting season. As Alex Gore always says, you look up, and you look up at the scoreboard, and he is hitting 287, 286, 286 with a 
742 OPS, a lot of singles, which is kind of what the Red Sox wanted to do, right? Spray the ball around, hit line drives, get on base. The defense obviously moving from left to right. There have been some issues here and there. Um, you know, I think that there's a little bit of a thought that he's been down defensively. Uh, but when you're hitting 286 on a team that really hasn't hit all year, you know, with a good second half, there's something to show there. I still think there's another gear for Verdugo to hit. He'll be the first one to admit that. He says that all the time. So for me, a C plus, uh, that might be a little hard in a guy who's hitting, you know, almost 290 in a league where guys don't hit high. But to me, there's another gear to reach. I think people in the Red Sox organization think that too. Yeah, I think the the power numbers a little bit more. You know, the slugging can be there. But yeah, I mean, you look at it and you yep, didn't nine have a first. He didn't have a first a good first two months. But you know, I talked to him at the beginning of June, and I'm like, you know, I presented the stats to him, and he knew them. Like, you know, there was a lot of um, you know those stats, the advanced stats that showed like expected batting average, expected slugging percentage, ex, you know, on base percentage um, that that showed, uh, you know, that he, his numbers were, uh, should have been better than they were. And so, you know, from June on, he's pretty used to the way that the expected stuff in the first two months. Uh, so I would give him like a, you know, B minus. I mean, the defense wasn't great in left field. Um, he's looked pretty good in right, but I don't know. It should be interesting to see how they view him going forward, left field or right field there, I guess, whatever they can get in the off season. At a corner position, is probably where he'll play next year. Yeah, for sure. And that outfield still unsettled, even with the return of Kike Hernandez, who was hit 225 with a 648 OPS. Here, here's a very interesting. I, I did a double take at this because this is somewhat surprising. So, uh, Jaron Duran, 57 games, 220 with a 648 OPS. Kike Hernandez, 225 with a 648 OPS. I mean, uh, there's obviously. Uh, I mean, if you look at the numbers, they're very similar uh, offensively. Um, obviously, the strikeouts pile up for Duran. Defense, we'll get to that in a second. Kike Hernandez, I know he missed a lot of the season. He's only played in you know about 75 games. But when he was on the field, it, it wasn't very pretty. I do like the Red Sox signing him. We talked about that with Mil Will Middlebrooks last week. I do like that move. But anything, you know, Kike Hernandez, probably a, a D-plus or a C-minus for the season. I mean, he could have really cashed in with a good one. Yeah, so like I'm looking at it, the war is 0.4 this year. It was in the fours last year. I mean, yeah, last year was pretty, yeah. you know, probably his best year of his mm -hmm. career. I right. well, he got the, the, he got the some of those. Yeah, and so like you know, and just the the ability to play defense raises that you know war. Like the the jumps that he gets, like the the balls that he gets to. I mean, that, that it's important. And so yeah, I guess um you know signing him is a good move, um, you know, because outfield is such a question mark. You can't mm -hmm. run And there's upside. There is upside. And so, um, but yeah, offensively, it was just not a good year. And um, it's interesting, like, you know, he got off to a really bad start last year too, uh, but it just never really came for him. And, you know, I remember it's funny, like that that game that he played in against the Angels, uh, where, right when he went on the – the IL like he, he played shortstop for like the final play of that game and hadn't played shortstop in you know like a long time and like he makes his brilliant play to end that game lead the Red Sox to win and then he goes on the IL for a long time mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that that player or anything I'm just saying that like that shows his value though like you know like he can just go out shortstop after having not played the position like all year and everything and make that awesome play and so um 
you know, I think he's valuable going forward, but I, you know, this year, from what you, what you would expect it for him based on the second half and probably from June on last year. And then the postseason that he had had yep. and, the Especially the post-season. Last, and the total war that he had last year, I'd say like D. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Uh, moving, I guess, to the starting left fielder now. Tommy Pham, uh, 35 games for the Red Sox, 752 OPS, hits the ball hard, you know, like plays hard, kind of exactly what you expected, right? Like, I mean, B, B minus for Tommy Pham. You know, he's he's not, he didn't come in to be the savior. He was just like a, a good veteran, kind of fit the team well, and has played pretty well. You know, I know he's been banged up here or there. He plays hard, has an edge to him. Like, it's not, it's kind of what we thought he was, but on that's, I guess... On this team, that's worth a B to me or a B minus. Yeah, I mean, you know, like that's, um, you know, somebody that, you know, you look at and he would have been good for the whole year for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. He thought him, so too. I already saw on this podcast that, you know, he, he was um, probably a better, he would have been a better gift for the Yankees uh, than Andrew Benatendi. Um, You know, he's a, mm-hmm. you know, he's a good hard-nosed player, you know, like, you know, hustles makes plays like you know crashes into walls he probably gets more hurt because of that but anyway yeah i mean he's a you know he you know he's a good player he's he is what he is though um you know he can produce some power he's not going to hit for a humongous uh, you know on base percentage or whatever but i look at that guy as somebody they should consider next year i think he could look good Although the defense has looked shaky uh, yeah. at times, so like I don't think that, been an I wouldn't go at the wall for sure. I, I wouldn't go in like into next into this offseason being like he's the number one guy that you should get for left field, but he's mm-hmm. somebody that you should definitely or one of the corner outfield positions. But he's definitely somebody they should consider. Did you give a grade? Did I mess it? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, you're so, really you're not you're missing the assignment here. B minus. All right. We're going to do two more, and then we'll be back with pitchers next week. Um, two more guys that, uh, you know, I think have been two, two of the bigger disappointments on this team this year, J.D. and J.D. Uh, Jaron Duran. Oh, we're going to do three more guys. Sorry, but Jaron Duran we'll start with. I just said the numbers, 220, 648 OPS. Obviously, you know, the last time you and I talked on here, we talked about the piece I did with them, and uh, saying this takes away nothing from, you know, the – the feeling for him on the mental toll of things and all that, but he had an opportunity and he didn't produce. And, you know, although, you know, people with the Red Sox were saying the at-bats were getting better toward the end, the jumps in the outfield were getting better toward the end. Um, it was a chance for Duran and, and largely it did not work out. So I'll go with a D there. Um, and another guy along with Downs and Franchi and Dahlbeck, it seems like kind of make or break seasons and, you know, maybe their future is elsewhere. Yeah, look at his, you know, potentially as a guy that they trade over the um, offseason, not that his value is high, obviously, but maybe he needs a fresh start somewhere else like Dahlbeck. Um, You know, I would give him the same grade, D. You said D, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, offensively started out really good. Yep. Um, you know, it was exciting, but pitchers catch up to you and, and the league makes adjustments. There was some number that I saw at – after like the first couple weeks or the first three weeks of his, his uh, hot start that like pitches. And I think it was like fastballs higher in the zone. Um, 
were something that he was struggling with last year. And for some reason, pitchers weren't going there during the first three weeks or something. And so, you know, pitchers make adjustments. They figure these things out. If, if like writers here can, can decipher it, then, you know, your four hitting coaches can, or your four pitching coaches can, you know, figure it out too. So um, he's the type of guy that like, you know, he, it was a big year for him. You know, he, he had the ability to stick in center field. Uh, after that hot start it just didn't work it just it just didn't happen for him I don't know if um you know confidence was a thing or whatnot when he you know started to struggle a little bit but you know overall confidence um but uh you know as obviously you wrote the extensive article on him but like you know when that started you know when like his confidence dropped if it was just after like a week of struggling or whatever you know you've got to kind of like overcome that but maybe he just doesn't have quite the talent to be an everyday player maybe he is a fourth outfielder and that's just i mean he you know he is what he is there's a lot of people in the red sox organization that think the ceiling's still higher so they didn't trade him and and tried again I, i wouldn't be shocked and you know from what I learned from that story, like he's going to work harder than anybody to, you know, try to get to a point where he can contribute for this team in the majors or another team. So, um, but yes, not this the Red year. Sox in, you know, like um, Pete, Pete Abe had said like to, uh, to Cora, like when they sent him down, like what, um, what do you think, like what kind of a player can he be or whatever? And Cora had said like, you know, high on base percentage guy with, you know, whatever, how many stolen bases? 30, I don't know what Mm -hmm. he said. But it's like high on base percentage guy. Wait a minute. He hasn't hit for an eye. That's been his his issue, right? Right. He's getting on base. So obviously the Red Sox see something and they think that he could, you know, be that center fielder or outfielder that can start, you know, regularly. But he has to prove it. Two more guys we'll get to. One, uh, entered the year as one of the Red Sox preeminent players and one entered the year as somebody no one knew anything about. We'll start with that one. Rob Refsnyder, he is uh, hitting 304, 854 OPS, has been lights out against lefties, uh, good veteran presence, a guy who, you know, maybe after a lot of years, he's a, you know, Fenway rundown alum, so we like that. Uh, after a lot of years in the majors, kind of coming into his own this year, and I think you find a spot on the team for this guy next year. Um, I mean, considering the expectations – considering everything like you have to give Rob Ruff Snyder an A right like I mean there's no yeah he hit 304 as a in 47 games it's not like it's five games he was he was good in the middle of the year he's been good now I mean give him an A yeah I mean it looks like he's figured something out um yeah. you know offensively this year and you know he's a guy that goes all out I mean we've seen that defensively and everything mm-hmm. and he's a good guy to have in the clubhouse obviously he's like one of the nicer guys that know you'll meet and let's say like you know as a reporter just go up to him file file him under guys who get it yeah and so like uh in the offense has been there so yeah i give him an a last but not least uh maybe one of the most disappointing guys on the team this year another guy be the first to admit that that's jd martinez 274 with a 770 ops those numbers don't look horrible but the 11 home runs that is low you look at the numbers since like May 15th, he's hit like 200, <laughs> no home runs, no slug. With a DH, he gives you nothing defensively. I mean, he is, you know, if you look at the war, and I'm just looking at the baseball reference page right now, guys who rank ahead of him in war include uh, Ref Snyder, 
who has played in 47 games, and Arroyo, who has played in like 70 games, uh, along with, you know, like a lot of relievers, Whitlock, Schreiber, Hauk, Christian Vasquez, who's now on the Astra. I mean, there's a lot of guys who have not had as much as big of a role as JD who are ahead of him heading into a free agent year. Look, I think that it's one of the best signings in Red Sox history. I think he came to Boston, delivered, was excellent, was a perfect fit and all that stuff. An absolute A, maybe A plus as a signing for Dave Dombrowski and the team this year. C minus. I mean, a D. You get to look at it as a D. All right. Since you've been t- saying that I've been tougher than everybody, I'll give him a D minus. Like, you know, like the home runs is just baffling to me. And he kind of explained it yeah. to us with the hip thing. And, you know, like, just hasn't been able to get it going. Um, and that, and he still has produced. I mean, the, well, so I give him maybe a C minus, D plus, <laughs> because, like, the double, he is one go. of the lead. Softing up again. He is one of the league leaders in in doubles. Yeah, I mean, thirty-eight doubles. of them. Yeah, I mean, so he has hit for some like extra base power, and but it's baffling the home runs things, and it's like a guy that you would, you know, I mean, it's crazy to think that like you would go into this year thinking that the Red Sox wouldn't give him a qualifying offer at the end of the year, but it's quite possible actually it's quite likely i feel because mm-hmm. he would probably That's take it shift right over to michael walker as i wrote he, last week he would probably take it and do you want him back uh the way that bloom operates i don't think he thinks he's uh 18 or 19 million dollar player right no and, and after this year it's 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 tough to see them doing that so that's 25 <laughs> position players uh, a lot of guys a lot of disappointing grades some good ones uh rob ref snyder i think Rafael Devers and Arroyo, I think, leading the leading the charge with the best grades there. We'll do this again next week. There are a lot of pitchers to get to. The Red Sox have trotted out 31 pitchers this year, 28 or 27, if you don't count. Yolmer Sanchez, Jackie Bradley Jr., Kevin Pluecki, and Reese McGuire, who all actually uh, had pretty good appearances, which cannot be said for some of the other guys in this list, including guys, including Darwinson Hernandez, who has a 21-60 ERA. We will get to that. Um, next week, we will get go through all of those guys uh for now that's been the Fenway Rundown